Welcome to another episode of Them Asperger's. Hello! <laughs> What's the matter with you now? I'm sorry, I'm oh, sorry. We have to re. No, we can't do it again. Okay. okay. So, uh, yeah, what's going on? What's happening? Um, quick. Okay. Enlighten people with your Ooh, life. Oh, right I don't now. want. Okay, I'm not going to do it quick. I don't think there's anything going on with me. No. Unless there's anything you can think of that's going on with me. Nothing at all. Okay, brilliant. But I do actually have something that I wanted to say. All right, get on with it. So, don't be me. So. <laughs> No, I, I was thinking about this the other day and I thought it was really interesting. We've spoken a lot about you and, you know, your your work and yeah. stuff and how you get quite, or you used to get quite um, worried about not having a career. <laughs> Stop pulling faces at me, I can't cope. <laughs> of like, um, your career right. and whatnot. Yes. But recently... I can't go. You need to stop doing these faces. I'm not doing any faces. <laughs> but recently, you've been like really good, and I just thought I would say it on here because I thought it was quite interesting. You seem to have completely, not completely, but yeah, you've had a, a huge change. You seem so much more relaxed at the moment, so much happier. Kind of like the past month, I would say. You just seem like a much more content person. You haven't been having your like burger freak out uh, that you used to have about like do I want this do I not want this which I think used to be kind of a a way of you escaping from things that were actually bothering you when you used to think about like clothes or games and kind of get in your head about them but you just seem a lot calmer just everything with you seems a lot happier recently and I thought I'd bring it up yeah I uh I don't think I've noticed that much. Oh, well, do you not think you your mindset might have changed with work, with the way you feel about it, feel towards it? Um, don't like I'm not saying that you all of a sudden think I have the best job in the world and I'm really happy, but you don't seem to be freaking out about it as much, and like you do seem like a lot more accepting of it and just kind of yeah yeah maybe i don't know i kind of go through waves of stuff yeah um so i kind of obsess about different things at different times um and i think like work is just one of those ones that will come back uh and then disappear uh, and then come back again some of them i only have them the one time and then they're gone and then i don't think about them again but yeah the the job one is is a normal one. Obviously, last year, we... I don't know if I had it last year. I wasn't sure what we were like, like, a year ago. But um, I just think it's it's just how it is. I, I've kind of just let it go. But yeah, I don't know if it was a conscious decision or why. Just, I haven't noticed. You're right, I haven't really been thinking about it or looking at, like, different jobs or what I could do with my life or uh, things like that. But then... Um, I kind of get weirder around my birthday, so yeah. you know, like when March comes around, I'll see if it actually has worked or not. Yeah, uh, especially because uh, like the birthday coming up, I'll be thirty-five, so it'll be one of those ones where I'm like, oh, thirty-five. Yeah. Uh, but um, yeah, I'd say I'm a lot more relaxed, uh, especially with Christmas as well. Like, obviously, regular listeners to the podcast know that I work 
in retail uh, and Christmas is one of those things that is, is definitely not autism friendly like we went yesterday was it yesterday no it was Monday today in it so uh, not yesterday but the day before Saturday and why didn't just say Saturday yeah but like on Saturday we went out into uh, just the local little town bit that we live in and there were people everywhere yeah I know we did an episode on Christmas uh, around the same time last year and I forget how many people are all over the place and it's just for like shopping you know and like suddenly the high street is full of people because they're all doing their christmas shopping or there's like christmas markets on or you know reasons to go to that kind of thing um and obviously i work in a shop uh and i work at part of a, i don't work on a high street so it's not as bad i guess but it is a shopping center but we've been not as busy this year so I don't know if that's the reason yeah. or, you know, it's what I do at work and my position and that kind of thing. But I do kind of feel, uh, I suppose, yeah, more relaxed about it. But I don't know if it's because what I do now, I'm more in control of what I do now. Like what I, my position at work and what I do in comparison to what I did a year ago, I'm definitely more in control and I would say on top of everything all the time. So yeah. I don't know if that's what it is. I don't know if before, because I didn't understand a lot of things or there were elements of the job that I had no real control over. Like, for example, uh, obviously when I was management, you have to deal with like people's complaints and like people's, um, do you know what I mean? Like when customers get angry. Yeah. And obviously they go like, get your manager, which was me. Um, I do feel like I handled some of them well. And then others I didn't handle <laughs> so well because obviously I don't understand the social boundaries of certain conversations. I, I've never really understood the whole customer, uh, member of staff like dynamic that there's certain ways you can't behave and, you know, that kind of thing. And with me, if someone's being rude or aggressive or loud, um, I feel the need to do it back because I feel like if that's how you want this conversation to go because you've initiated this behavior then I'm just going to do it back at you. Yeah. And then when they start getting like outraged, I do kind of feel more like, oh, you don't like it. Well, you're doing this to me. So do you know I mean like I feel like it's more of a, you know, retail justice kind of thing? Yeah, I know. Um, but obviously what I do now is it's not customer facing at all. So that element's gone. But that was one of the things that I always felt as a manager that I wasn't fully in control of. And I always felt like it was one of my weaknesses because I'd see other members of management, even like yourself, do better in those scenarios I, and, yeah, I know I know what you're gonna say but you did better than me um so yeah and I don't know if now because I'm I would say there's nothing about what I do now that's um that's you know that I struggle with or that yeah. I think oh if only I could get better at this I, I do genuinely feel like I'm doing everything like at a really good level and there's no like gaps in my knowledge or things that I can't do and I don't know if it's just that. I don't know if that's what it really was with like the career thing is. And it's a lot of things like to do with my masking and autism and do you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing where I am trying to fit. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm trying to find something that's a perfect fit yeah. for me. But then obviously, especially with me, if I'm not good at something or if there's parts of something that I can't quite do, I feel like it's incomplete. Yeah. And then that's where my issues are. It's the same with a lot of things. You've seen me... Um, when I play computer games, I can go through something, but then if something's slightly off, mm, like yeah. it, it becomes like a massive distraction for me. Like I can play a computer game, but say it's a computer game where you pick your own outfit uh, and I feel like the colour of the outfit I've picked is wrong. 
it distracts me from the whole game. Yeah, even if I can't true. see the character, even if it's a game where you play it and you can't see the person you're playing as, I know that these computer-generated bad guys can see me and therefore I don't look <laughs> right in the game and mm. then that becomes a huge thing and then I think like if it's a game where you can check customize your color on a regular basis I'm fine but then I obsess about getting to the part where you can customize but in some cases when you can't do that and once you've picked what you are you have to start again yeah I'll just keep repeatedly starting again uh, a good example of this for anybody that does play computer games the game Skyrim I think I restarted that game like no less than 30 times the first time I played it because you pick your character but then when you start playing the game you can see him at different angles and I started thinking well the nose isn't right the cheeks aren't right the ears aren't right and I couldn't focus on the start of the yeah. game so I'd have to quit delete my save file start again and keep doing that until eventually I found the character that looked right yeah and that became a huge distraction and I think it's the same with a lot of stuff that I do uh, and it's the same with I think my autism in general I think that's how I am with a lot of stuff I can't do something if it doesn't look right or if it's not completely 100% perfect. I know yeah. you're somebody that's completely different to that. <laughs> you can just do stuff perfect or not. Like if for you it's more the completion than the how you completed it. Yeah. And I think that's the difference. Like I get weird about my job because it's the job itself. Um, yeah. And like how I'm doing the job and how well I can do the job. Whereas for you, as long as you get the things done that you needed to get done that day, there might have been parts of it that have gone wrong. Yeah. Like I don't like making mistakes or, you know, doing things wrong. I don't seem to be able to... Do you know what I mean, like, for you, you don't make a lot of mistakes, but on the rare occasions you do make mistakes. You're just like, oh, well, people make mistakes, you know, I know not to do that again. Yeah. And then you move on, whereas for me, I almost want to, like, go back in time before I made the mistake. Yeah. And then um, try and do it again so it didn't happen. Yeah. Uh, which is why I have problems with, like, people pointing out when I've made a mistake or that kind of thing. Or if it's a mistake I didn't notice, I uh, I kind of get really defensive about it. Like, I'm... I'm convinced that I don't make mistakes, so therefore it couldn't have been me. Yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of that not going on now at work. I'm like a self-contained like unit. Yeah. I guess I run like my own department. I work on my own and everything is down to me. Um, I don't make any errors anymore. And yeah, I think that's what it is. But for a long time, I just always thought it's because I haven't found the right career, you know, or the right job. Yeah. And that's what the issue is, because every time I make a mistake or every time I make an error or don't know how to do something, I don't think where well, everybody make mistakes or I don't think like I just need to learn how to do that. I think, well, this is not the right job then because I should be able to do this perfect. It's, it's like every time I've tried to learn an instrument, if I've not been able to pick it up and then be able to play it perfectly immediately, I just think, well, this instrument's not the right instrument then. And then I move on to like a different one. Yeah. Because I feel like I should be able to just get it. It's like you and your Sudokus. You took like loads of practice and like Rubik's Cubes and stuff. And you practice and you watch videos and you learn how to do it until you got it right. Whereas for me, I pick up a Rubik's Cube and then after like 20 minutes I haven't solved it. So I just think, nah, I'm not a Rubik's Cube guy. And then I'm done with it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's just, uh, it's interesting. It's definitely something that I've noticed recently. You seem a lot happier, a lot more relaxed. And... Um, like yesterday, we spent pretty much all day together, uh, um, and 
I mean, apart from when we were out for the walk, I pretty much spent all day laughing because I had a great time yesterday, just so you know. Thank you. Uh, like, I love to laugh and I feel like yesterday I was laughing all day. It was so, like, it, I just felt like it was really relaxed. And we went out for a long walk. Mm. Um, we were, yeah, we were out for a couple of hours. It was a proper long walk. But we spent sort of the first half of the walk, I would say, talking about your work. Yeah. But usually when we do that, it's, um, or when we used to do that, we used to do it when we were on our runs and it was a bit of a rant and it was just to get things out. And not that what we were saying was positive as such yesterday, but you weren't, we were kind of like joking and we, you know, just having a chat about different things that were going on in your workplace and, and things like that. But it was just the way you were talking about it wasn't how... I've known you two in the past. It wasn't with so much sort of, you know, like I I hate my job. It was it was just a just like a general chat, like most people would have, of just talking about what's going on. You know, mentioning some like certain people and you know if you like them, don't like them, etc. Like it was just it was very just calm. Mm. And I I was thinking about it on the walk. I was like, wow, you definitely seem a lot a lot more content. So it was nice. You just seem very relaxed at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> okay. Then. So, so that was what I had to say. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so today's conversation is oh, you wanted to do something on how we were raised, I suppose. Yeah. Uh, and I guess it's. It is something that's interesting when it comes to autism because, I mean, for me, I've not really looked into this. Yeah. And this is totally my opinion or theory if, you know, ever. So I'm not saying this is how it is. But I always feel like that's why autism is different. Everybody that has autism, I feel like even if you've got the same diagnosis of the same type of autism, it's why they're all different from each other. And I do think it's to do with how you were raised. Yeah. uh, And how that has made your autism behave especially um for those of you that are late diagnosed so have only been diagnosed recently or you know were diagnosed way after you're out of the normal institutions not obviously like institutions which i mean like institutions like school yeah college uni whatever the educational institutions and obviously like you develop differently you know when you're a child you develop your development is is much more rapid than when you become an adult. When you're an yeah. adult, you kind of you do still develop and you do change who you are as a person, but it's it's a much slower process. Um, so it's interesting for those that are late diagnosed because obviously you will go through the same things that those of you that are listening to this that are neurotypical have gone through at the same time. Um, obviously, it's different if you get diagnosed young. I'm not saying that your autism isn't still shaped differently on the way you're raised. But obviously when you're diagnosed young, you know. So say you're diagnosed at like the age of four, which is, I think, is the earliest you can get diagnosed. I think you can have autistic traits before then, but I don't know if they do official diagnosis. Well, not here anyway, until you're about four years old, uh, because they like want to be sure. They don't want to develop your autism, and it just turns out that... Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like, because some people do just start walking later or start talking earlier and it's got nothing to do with anything. Yeah, that makes sense. So they need, like, a accumulation of evidence first before they make the diagnosis. Um, 
but even then when you're diagnosed young it's still depending on how you're raised you know who you grew up with what the school you went to was like um to how you're going to be even if you're diagnosed young. and yeah as, like i say especially if you're diagnosed late because you're not raised with your autism in mind you know what i mean like people don't mm. take your autism on board when they either get you to do stuff or send you away on things or do you know what i mean like when you're in school and that kind of thing yeah um, I think the interesting thing about it is there's no, I don't think there's no like real right or wrong way to raise someone. Like there's no perfect way to raise a child. There's always like good things and maybe bad things. I, d- I don't know. Well, everybody's different. Yeah. Every- so, I mean, neurotypical as well. Like everybody's different. Yeah, so, yeah exactly. Do you know what I mean? Like it's not like there's a blanket way to raise anyone. Do you know what I mean? What somebody really likes, somebody else really hates. Yeah. So... But what I think is interesting is we both have siblings. Yeah. We both are quite different to our siblings. Yeah. Which, you know, in theory, we were all raised the same. So obviously you can be neurotypical and have differences to your siblings, even though you were raised the same. But I think it would be quite interesting to see what of that was kind of maybe Asperger's and, and, well, autism and what of it perhaps it's just us as people but also like the differences between us and if that comes from you know how you were raised and we've both met each other's parents and you know sometimes when people say like oh I met your parents and now I I sort of I understand a bit more why you're like that yeah the things like that are are definitely things people say so it's I think it's just interesting to see if uh if anything to do with our personalities comes from how we were raised and whether we think that's linked to autism or whether not etc yeah i mean there's loads of different thoughts on that as well i saw something recently on social media that said somebody said that they weren't their autism yeah and that their autism has a part in their lives and it is you know something to do with them but it's not who they are and it's not it doesn't like control them. Yeah. Whereas me and my autism, I kind of feel like we're part of the same thing. I don't see my autism as a separate entity, which is how this person was describing it. They're saying there was them and then their autism. Whereas I feel like me and my autism are the same thing. Um, do you know what I mean? Like we've been there since birth. If you see yeah. it, say you see it as a separate thing. You don't know I mean like we've, we've been there since birth. It's been with my entire life. So it was the root. Do you know what I mean? Like I was autistic when I was born. So it's a, it's a thing that I've got straight away so obviously when I'm starting it's as I grow up it's like it grows with me it changes when like with me and that kind of thing and we're like the same thing so I'm not saying I am autism but I feel like it's it's not this separate entity the way the person was speaking about it was that it is that it was there but it it's not what defines them and it's not what controls them and that kind of thing and I I get it with the defines thing I, I don't want to be defined as autistic because obviously there's loads of issues with that. We've covered it loads of times when people know you're autistic and how they see you and, you know, that kind of thing. But I I found it interesting that they see it that way. And we're, the, the the autism they had was the same as the autism I've got. But they saw it as that and I saw it as something else. And yeah. it, it makes me think of, like, I wonder why yeah. that they see it differently to the way I see it. Like, what is it that about them? But yeah, back to the siblings thing. 
Uh, I mean, it's it's hard to tell. I guess it's easier to measure it with you than me because I've got three siblings in total. Yeah. I've got a brother that's like two years younger than me. And then I've got two half-sisters that are a lot younger than me. Uh, and, you know, I kind of moved away um, not long after they were born. So, I mean, like I kind of saw them on and off. So I can't really use them as a measurement of how it works. And obviously they've not got the same parents, same dads, but... That's it. Uh, whereas my brother, um, obviously we grew up together, you know, lived in the same house. Yeah. Uh, you know, that kind of thing. But because everybody's different, it's hard to measure it because we're, we are both different people. And we have obviously similarities. But the things we do and like and behave, you know, like we've, we've always been kind of different. Um, but I don't know if that's just normal and like same, but the only way I would say that it might not be is I use that as a comparison to you. So you've got two sisters. Yeah. Um, and your two sisters are very similar to each other. Yeah. Uh, and they're very similar to your parents. Um, whereas yeah. you are not the same. You kind of, it's weird because obviously your mom and your sisters are all blonde and you're not like, so. Not, not. Oh, you know what I mean, though. Not you know naturally. I mean? But do you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah. like, just even the way you look yeah, is different. The way your sisters and your family dress are all similar. Yeah. But you're different. Yeah. Um, but then there's you could either say that that's because of your autism and your autism's made you different. But equally, there's quite a big age gap between you and your siblings. So yeah. it could also be that, that just had you been born like a couple of years after your sisters, then maybe you'd be different now it's it's um yeah so my sisters are seven and nine years older than me yeah so i'm the youngest and you're the oldest oh yeah of my lot yeah yeah but it's 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 i don't know because especially like with both of us because we're late diagnosed it's it's hard to tell like you can only really retroactively look at your life and try and pinpoint if it's your autism that's made you different um, or if it's something else, you know? Yeah. Um, the things that are different between, I suppose, me and my brother now are definitely autism related, but I can't think of stuff growing up. It's it's interesting. I only pinpoint the stuff for me where, when I make comparisons to my life growing up, is I compare what life would either be. I either look at it two different ways. I look at what my life would have been like had I been diagnosed early yeah. So I sometimes like try and imagine what would have happened to me if I'd have been diagnosed at like four, say. Yeah. Uh, and then gone through like nursery school, primary school, secondary school, but as someone that was known autistic. Yeah. Uh, I do wonder about what would happen or how I would be now. And then sometimes I think about what if I wasn't autistic at all? Like, yeah. what would I be like now? Um and I guess you can only really use your sibling as a comparison. I guess that's kind of like a rough guide of what you might have been like if you weren't autistic. And then when you do that, you start comparing yourself and your sibling and you try and work out if the differences between you are autism related, which is what I do. I look at like things my brother does that I don't do and things I do that my brother doesn't do. And then I try and decide, is that autism or is it just because we're different like that? Yeah. What, um, what like, I think stands out for me, and I don't know if you would have the same sort of outlook on it, but for me, when I was 
still living at home with the rest of my family um or at least with one of my sisters because with the nine year age gap one of my sisters went to went off to university when I was nine so you know from what I remember anyway I definitely remember when I was younger there was this sort of feeling of they're like a family unit and it wasn't that I didn't feel a part of that I did and I still now feel like I I get along with my family I you know there's not like a any sort of divide like we both get along with our family we're not distant from them or outcast or anything like that but I kind of felt a little bit like they're a family and I'm almost like for lack of a better way of putting it I'm almost like the family pet right like I'm I'm in it yeah but I'm not like one of those I'm not a key member I'm more of like a like I'm I'm there and they all they all like me and I like them but there's almost like a something just slightly slightly off like I could see the way they were all interacting and I just felt like my interactions were slightly different like I wasn't quite on the same wave wavelength yeah but I mean do you still see it that way now no because you obviously know why yeah but at the time that's how you felt yeah but if you'd have been diagnosed uh younger you would know why yeah. And then, I don't know, does that make it better or worse? Do you feel better because you know that the reason that you're different is through something that you can't control and didn't have a choice in? Or do you feel worse because you see what they're doing and think, I can never do that? Um, I don't feel wor- I don't feel bad about it. And again, that might be autism. I think maybe if uh, it might sound like the sort of thing that would be upsetting but it doesn't upset me at all did you seem bad about it at the time no i never felt bad about it it's just a an observation i had like when we'd sit around the dinner table eating dinner in the evenings i'd i'd always kind of feel like i was watching them eat their dinner and talk if that makes sense yeah and again like i i still feel very much a part of the family i just don't feel like the same way that they are yeah. And I don't know. I don't know if you had the same sort of feeling growing up with your family. Um, no, but I think the difference between me and you in that way is that you didn't do stuff. So you'd see people doing things and you just wouldn't do them yourself. Yeah. And then look at them and think, why are they doing that? I don't feel the need to do that. Yeah. I'm not going to do that. Whereas I would... So initially how it first started out for me is I would be like you when I was really young. Yeah. I didn't want to do stuff and I tried to avoid doing things. But obviously when you're not diagnosed, you have friends that are peer pressuring you into doing stuff that you don't want to do because everybody else wants to do it. And I'm not talking like stupid stuff like smoking or like jumping off like buildings or something i mean just really silly stuff like let's go play football and i don't want to go play football because i don't like the social element of it i don't like the pressure of having to physically perform in a certain way you know like being coordinated and everybody wants to be good at it and i'm indifferent which means you don't really put anything into it and that kind of thing i hated all different kinds of things about football it was always hideous i always worried about how everyone would see me when they realized i can't play does that make me less of a, I don't know, like, boy or whatever? So yeah. I kind of, 
used to hate it but then you've got everyone going come on let's just go play a game and I'd be trying to like doing like there's like six of us and five of saying let's play football and I'm like yeah let's do something else and you realize you've got to because otherwise your options are sitting you know on the sidelines watching them play which that's worse than playing badly out on the yeah so like You've got that element of it. So I used to just do stuff. Whereas I know for you, you'd have just gone, well, I'm not going. Yeah. I'll just stay at home and read or whatever. Yeah. Whereas I, for some reason, there was this like anxiety and like fear of not doing it. So I used to just go, even though I really didn't want to go. And then just try and stay hidden uh, and make sure that nobody noticed that I, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and yeah, that's that's how it was with like family and school and everything else is I would see people doing stuff that I didn't understand or didn't understand why we were doing it but then I would pretend like I was in on it and okay with it and go along with it yeah but the whole time I'm doing it I'm doing it do you know I mean like the certain things I can do like you said like talking at dinner and doing you know, that kind of stuff I'll, yeah. I'll do it but I in my head I'm thinking like okay so I get it when I'm out in public and when I'm at school because you're in large groups of people mm. and you've got to play the game. You've got to do what everybody else does because that's what everybody does. But it, like at home in family life, I always kind of felt like, but we're doing it here. No one can see us. This is not a big group. There's only four of us. Why, yeah. why are we still doing it now? Like we're home now. Like we don't need to do this anymore, but people are still doing it. And I could never work out why we were still doing it. I always thought we were being watched or something because I didn't understand <laughs> okay, yeah. where it was coming from. But I've said before, and there's loads of people that I've seen on like the internet that have said the same thing. When you are autistic and you're raised in a way where people don't know you're autistic, you feel like you're almost a different species to everybody else. And you see everybody else doing the same things and you see like a genuine enjoyment or a genuine like consensus on certain stuff. But you're doing it too but inside you kind of feel like it's just an act it's like a weird interpretation of what you're supposed to do so um yeah i i guess and obviously like after a bit when you start acting in a certain way and start pretending like you do the same things everybody else does and you're into the same things everybody else does especially with me because i did pretend like i was okay with everything um People just assume that you can do stuff. And I think that was my own fault at that point because then obviously I'm being forced. We're not forced, but they obviously didn't realise that like uh, like with my family, like they'd make me go to things or involved in stuff. You know what I mean? Like they're raising me to go try new things, sending me off to new places, you know. Um, trying to think of like examples. Uh, oh, there was like when you have like summer holidays. Yeah. Uh, they did these like play schemes, I think they were called, where everybody goes to like the sports hall and you basically all do activities today in a, you know, in a group. All the kids in the area go to the same bit. Like Mickey Mouse Club. Uh, I guess so. Uh, maybe if that's what it's called. Um, so like, well, at the time, I just thought like, I don't want to do this. I want to be on my own. Yeah. I don't want to go anywhere. I don't yeah. want to be hanging out with people it's doing you know I mean? like i'm not at school anymore now no one can force me to go anywhere but then like it's the summer holidays and all the kids in the street they're all going to it i've made the mistake of pretending like i'm like everyone else yeah and therefore you know my mom and my dad are just like go to this you'll like this and i'm like i want to stay home and i don't want to go there yeah. i just want to stay inside 
Uh, I want to play on whatever games console I had at the time. I don't want to go. Yeah. Um, but you're made to go because you know you've. I, I, in my case, I made the mistake of playing sports with friends or hanging out with friends. So it looks like I'm totally capable of doing it. Yeah. So therefore, I should just be able to go do this now. And like, what's my actual reaction of? I can't do this because the social anxiety I'm experiencing of having to go do this is too great, and I can't go comes off as me saying I can't be bothered and I want to stay inside playing a computer game and like especially when it's sunny summer's always the worst like when you're a kid because do you mean like it's sunny so your parents like go outside yeah because it's sunny and you're like I want to stay indoors with the curtain shut yeah because it's bright and there's loads of people out there but then do you mean like neurotypical children it's like you're not staying in it's the summer you're going out and playing with your friends that's what kids do yeah do you mean and I got a lot of that that's what kids do um and in my head I'm like that is what kids do but I'm not like every other kid so I can't keep doing this but then you just keep doing it and doing it and doing it and I don't remember ever ever being my like I've never I don't think I ever went oh I want to go play with some friends or I'm gonna give whoever a call and I'm gonna go see if they're home and then we're gonna go out they just come get me do I mean like I'd have friends turn up at the door and they'd be like let's let's do stuff um and yeah I always found that um a bit of a nightmare until I was like, I think about 15. And then I worked out that if I had a girlfriend, uh, I'd only have to see that one person. Okay, yeah. Um, and obviously, like, loads of people are like, oh, yeah, you, we used to hang out all the time. We used to be friends. And now you've got a girlfriend. You don't want to see us anymore. Like, and loads of people get that. And I see that. And obviously, in NT behavior, loads of people are just like, oh, I see. So now you're in a relationship. You don't care about it anymore. What was I? Just your, like, filler. Yeah. But for me, I just thought there's one person. It's the same person all the time. I can get used to just that one person. If I've got to be around someone all the time, I might as well just make it one. Yeah. Because uh, obviously, when I didn't have a girlfriend, then, you know what I mean? Like, all your friends are like, we're, we're going to hang out together. We've got to do these big social things. Yeah. So, yeah, I I always had that. I always had the... And you're supposed to. You're supposed to be made to socialize like do you know I mean like your family always want to have like people over for dinner do you know what I mean like or they all want to go to the same thing yeah let's do a family gathering let's go here let's do this this will be nice you know we'll all go out as a family unit but you're just thinking like oh um yeah do we have to or can you go just the three of you yeah or in your case just the four of you and yeah. I'll stay here but they want like the family unit thing which is normal, um, you know, like to be going out as a group. It would be weird to leave one family member at home. Yeah. Uh, it's just, and you can't explain why you don't want to go. Other than it just seems like you're being like, especially when you get to certain ages, like the stereotypes of that age start falling in and then you're stuck like that. Like you're just an angsty teenager and that's why you don't want to leave. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I do think that has an effect. Like, arguably... Though, if you're autistic and you're diagnosed autistic really early on, do you still get dragged to the same things? Do you still get made to go and do stuff and socialise and be like kind of thing? Like, I have no idea. I don't know if it if I was diagnosed young, if my parents then would have left me at home. Yeah, I see, I don't know, because I think that obviously that's very dependent upon the family. Yeah, so I, whether... I, I don't I, I don't know if it's better or if they just as you're out. Yeah. They just don't make you do certain things because they know you can't do certain things. But I think that's all it was. I think one of the things that had a big effect to me when I was raised was I didn't want to do a lot of the stuff that I had to do. And I don't 
obviously like I'm not blaming anyone for that because that's normal you, yeah. you would make them do stuff they don't want to do uh, you, you'd do that with anyone if you didn't know yeah, so I mean I th- yeah I think parents do it with a lot of children in any respect like you know not every children don't always want to you know go around their nan and granddad's house yeah. necessarily but sometimes you you do but then like some people don't want to go around their nan and granddad's house because you know the nan and granddad doesn't have a playstation or they yeah don't. They don't have a massive telly or, yeah. uh, you know, that kind of stuff. Whereas I didn't want to go spend the day around there because that is not where my stuff is and that's not where I live and that's not where I'm used to. Yeah. Uh, so I'd be, you'd be at somebody else's place. And yeah, that's, I would say that's the main effect on me growing up was having to do stuff that I didn't want to do because you're supposed to do it. But then... Instead of like, I suppose what happens to everyone else is they get used to it or they start realizing, actually, I like this. Um, Like, for example, you see people who, as a child, I imagine, didn't want to do stuff and refuse to do things that now are the first ones like, let's go out for a pizza, all of us. Yeah. Like, you mean, like, it's like, it's it's just what happens. You go through a stage of it where you don't want to. And, but I just, I just feel like I never, I never like moved on from that really. Um, and yeah, and that's that's it. Like my family would make me do stuff, get involved in things, stuff like that, that I would say had uh, not like massive effects on me. But at the time, I remember it's not just a case of I can't be bothered. I'd feel like a genuine worry about having to do this thing now. Yeah. Um, But then I suppose if I'd have been sheltered from it, I wouldn't know how to deal with it now. I would say that in the cases of me and you... Because you were, you used to just not do stuff, or you'd just go read, or you'd just go, you know, do your own thing. Yeah. There's now loads of stuff that I've noticed with me and you that I'll just go and do for us because you can't do them. But the reason I can do them over you is because I was repeatedly, like, made to do them. Yeah. And therefore, I kind of know how they work now. I still get a a level of anxiety and worry when I do certain tasks, but it's nowhere near the level as when I was a kid because... Over time, I've got used to it and I know how it works and I know what to expect. Yeah. Like it's, I know for a lot of people, the more they do it, the more they like it. Or, you know, if you try it, you might like it and that kind of thing. But with me, it's more like a conditioning thing. I've done it so many times now that I am good at predicting what's going to happen and how to behave that I can like, you know, do the thing I'm supposed to do. Yeah. And so for the worry's not as bad. I usually get a wave of worry just before I'm about to do something. Uh, say, for example... Yesterday, we all went to a coffee shop. We ordered like <laughs> vegan um, cakes, but they accidentally, the guy was new. He gave us the non vegan cake, and uh, I noticed it straight away. Yeah. But I know with you, had you have been on your own or I wasn't with you, you'd have just not eaten them yeah. and left them on the table. Yeah. Um, whereas I was able to go up to the counter. And be like, these aren't the cakes we ordered. But yeah. I, that walk from the table to the counter, I was panicked about yeah. what I was going to say and what I was going to do. But the second I started talking, fine. Yeah. And I do believe that's because I was raised to do stuff over and over again. Yeah. Stuff that I'm uncomfortable with, stuff that I didn't want to do. But to the point now where I'm more comfortable doing them. Whereas for you, like you said, um, your parents raised you in a way where I feel like... Not that my mine was more strict or more rigid and that I was made to do stuff I didn't want to do, but I do feel like you had more of this element of you just say, I'm doing this, and your parents would go, yeah, whatever. <laughs> um, like, do you know what I mean? Like, I feel like 
with my family, if they were going out for, say, they were going to my nan's house and all my family were going to be there and were going for a meal and I went, eh, I'm going to stay at home, I don't want to come to this, that wasn't an option. It would mm. be like, well, you're coming because everybody's going. You'll be fine once you be there. I don't want to have an argument with you about this. And I'd be like, oh, okay, okay, so I've got to go, I've got to go. And then I'd like be psyching myself up in the car and that kind of thing. I do feel from what you've told me from you that if your family all went to a big gathering and that kind of thing and you went, I'm not coming, I do feel like there's a higher percentage that you they'd be like, all right, and just stay here then. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, not like all the time. I, I definitely did things that I didn't want to. But I think, so my family are really close. Like my sisters are really close to my parents. Um, yeah, I, and also my family's quite big now. Um, and they're all close. So my sister's married. Her husband is, is like a close member of our family and has been since I was nine. So he's always been there now they've got kids their kids are involved and my other sister her partner or even in the past her past partners they've always been involved in in the family like it's always felt like a big family unit um but i would yeah i I'd, I'd say probably like my parents i see them more as friends rather than parents right not completely i wouldn't i not like i you know i call them by their first names, or well, sometimes my dad, but not to the extent that they're like just my best pals. But I, I definitely probably more so than you had like an upbringing of my parents, my friends. I would act and speak about things, and the way I was around my parents is the way I am around anyone else. I'm not different. I don't think I don't. Um, that for instance, my my ex boyfriend. The way he was around me was very different to when we then went to his parents' house. He, you know, became a lot more reserved, I would say. More, uh, almost like pretending that he wasn't the way he was. Whereas I, um, I've never sort of hidden anything, even when I was doing things that were, I guess, naughty or, for lack of a better word, I wouldn't hide it. I was very open with that, um... And yeah, I was probably allowed to do. I was quite free. I was quite free in the in the rules, I guess. So interesting thing, actually. Now you've said that about you, is yeah, you kind of were just allowed to do what you want, and because you weren't like a particularly bad child, it's not like you were starting fires or oh, like yeah, yeah. beating people up. I do feel like your parents just let you do and say what you wanted. Uh, yeah, I discovered this. Uh, your parents were down like last weekend and there was a couple of things they said about you when you were younger that I was just like, oh, okay. Um, so, what do you mean? Um, okay, so how old were you when you were smoking? Uh, I mean, I, in the story, like 14. Yeah, and like obviously somebody else's parents were like shocked. Yeah. But then when they told your mom, your mom was like, I know. <laughs> so like, Jimmy, like, where is it normal? Not saying that that's not, not that your family's like weird, but like from what I would know, most everybody I knew that I went to school with that smoked, they did not want their parents knowing and their parents did not know. Yeah. There was a couple of kids where their parents knew, but um, I always felt like it's because they're at the point now where they're addicted to cigarettes <laughs> and their parents are just like, well, they've got an addiction now. What am I supposed to do? Yeah. So it was one of those things that your parents don't know about. So when your parents said that to me, like, like well, telling me the story last weekend, it did make me think, OK, so that's different. Yeah. But then, if you were neurotypical, there are certain things that you know 
you can and can't do in conversations <laughs> and say. But because your parents raised you in a kind of like, you know, you can do what you want within reason and you're not really like a tear away bad child so no. you never did anything where your parents were just like you can't do that that's yeah. not acceptable because you never did anything to that level yeah um but that means that you were raised in a way that was like okay so i can do this and this is fine but i do think when you couple that with your autism this is why you say stuff to people that i'm like oh no no <laughs> she did just say that um or you're like ages ago when we said that you used to make like dead mom jokes at like somebody you worked with yeah that nobody else would ever make those jokes but I do think like because your parents raised you in a kind of like nothing's really off limits and there's no real like taboo in what you can and can't talk about and what you can and can't do yeah your autism has like rigidly applied that now and so there's no part of you that then goes should I be saying this so yeah. you tend to just say stuff it has to be something really bad for you to know you can't say it yeah that's has true. to be really bad that's true. And even then, I do feel like I've had to say to you or somebody you've known has had to go, don't bring that up, by the way, when we're talking to them. Yes. Um, and I think that's got something to do with it. I do feel like your sisters, because they're both neurotypical, I think that even though your parents, I imagine, raised them in a similar way. Yeah. They know where <laughs> the boundaries are of what they can and can't say. But I do feel like with autism and like social etiquette and what you can and can't do and say in conversations... I feel like there's that level of stuff that you say stuff that would be considered more shocking, even more so than your sisters. And you've probably noticed that there's things you've said that even your sisters have been like, oh, uh, yeah. I'm not sure that should have been said or saying stuff like that kind of thing. And you've kind of looked at them like, I don't understand. Where's this boundary come from? Yeah. Why is there boundaries now? Yeah. Well, I think because um, cause, like you said, I didn't really break the rules on like occasion on the occasions where I did something that was really sort of not good like really misbehaving which wasn't very frequently at all but I would get in trouble so it's not like I could just had free reign but like you say I never really did that but I was I did always sort of see them as kind of friends so I would chat to them about kind of yeah anything and also we were quite like a I guess as I said quite close family so we would mock each other quite a lot um, so yeah, I think I've always thought that it's okay to mock people for anything. So, you know, I'd, there'd be something quite serious that would happen in, in the family as a family, but we would still probably laugh about it in some way. Yeah. Uh, whereas your rest of your family know that <laughs> that behavior is to be contained within the household family unit. Whereas you as a burger have just thought this is how people talk to each other. Yeah. And therefore you've taken it out into the, you know, the wide world with your own brand of this is okay for me to say this. Yeah, which um yeah, I suppose in in that sense I probably that that might be the way I am with the way I talk to people is probably because of having that sort of family life. Um and it's it's something that I didn't really understand. I do remember, like I said, my ex-boyfriend, he was very different around his family to how he was outside of his family. And I do remember he didn't really want to take me to meet his family for quite a while because he was like, just don't say what you would usually say in any situation. He was like, no swearing, which obviously I'm quite good on this podcast, but I'm not very good at in life because I don't really realise that I'm doing it ever. Mm. So that was like a big thing for him. He was like, you cannot swear in front of my family. And, you know, if you're spending like a weekend there, that's really difficult for me to think, how do I go about life and not 
do something that just is quite like a, a weirdly natural thing for me or yeah just bring up a topic of conversation that might be inappropriate is also quite difficult for me to I have to really use my brain to think about it um yeah so so that's probably one of the things about how yeah how I was raised um I do think it's interesting coming from a family that are quite close as well um and I I guess with me I see quite a few similarities I see similarities between me and both of my parents but I think more so my dad um no oh okay no 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 you got more of your mom's traits than your dad's traits interesting uh your mom is not afraid to tell it like it is whereas your dad he just kind of he's a bit more like laid back and doesn't really want anything so i imagine there's things your dad would want to say but does not because he doesn't want the uh aggravation that comes after it true whereas you don't want the aggravation but you also can't not say something true so i would say you i I would say that i've met both your parents you've definitely got more of your mom's traits than your dad's traits interesting Uh, your dad is in fact none of your family as far as i know your sister stuff none of them are like your dad your dad's kind of completely different to everybody else one of my sisters is no, I don't think so. Do you not? No, your dad is... I don't know if your mom was the more, like... I don't know if growing up, like, if... She, I don't know. I just feel like your mom was... Not that your dad wasn't the, the head of the household over there, but I just feel like your mom... You can tell she's more there in the three of you. And I don't yeah. know if it's because, you know, it was a house of girls and he was the only guy or whatever. You know what it was? I think my mom was the stricter one on the day-to-day. Right. And my dad was the one that if he got angry, you'd done something yeah. really bad because he's such like a laid back person. He is so chill all the time. Like nothing phases my dad ever. Literally like everything just goes over his head. So if he ever for some reason got involved in some sort of like telling off, you had done something really bad. Whereas my mum was more like the generally like kept things like the the littler things she'd pick up on more. Yeah, you, you've got elements of your dad. It's just uh, the way you are in yeah. certain situations is more like your mom. Interesting. That's interesting. With um, you, what do you think? Do you think you're more like one parent than the other? Um, I don't know because uh, my parents are completely different to each other, like completely different to each other. You've met both of them. Yeah. Uh, I wouldn't say there's similarities there at all between them. No, they are very different. Uh it's, it's hard to tell with me because, like I said, like I would say that I, the way I mask and the way I pretend to be neurotypical is definitely down to like how I was raised. I've said it before, like family, school, work, whatever. It's all yeah. taught me to try and be like everyone else because that's been easier. So I, it's hard to tell with me because I can't really... I can't really say like where my behaviours and how I am is because you've seen me in public and you've seen me privately. Yeah. I'm like two different people. Yeah. So uh, how I am on this podcast is not necessarily how I am with the people I work with. If they listen to this podcast, which I don't really think any of them do. No. They'd, it'd be like a different person that they could hear talking on this thing. And that's, that's the same, but that's because... Like with, and it's not just my family, it was school, it was my friends. They all made me do stuff 
that I wasn't particularly comfortable with doing. Yeah. But I knew I had to because that's what you do. So it's just more like, um, I remember my therapist using a phrase for me that was interesting. She said it was like a square peg round hole with me. Yeah. So like I'm the square peg and life is the round hole and I'm yeah. trying to force myself into it so I fit in like everybody else. But it's still not quite right. There's still parts of me that people think that's odd, which would make me stand out. Like in comparison to my brother, um, I would say that the, the things that made me stand out were usually things that would be seen in a negative light by most people. Yeah. The things he would do and the things I wouldn't do were the things that... Do you know what I mean? Like I've, I've had members of my family, not close family, but like... Um, uncles, aunties, cousins, that kind of thing, make comments about, like, my attitude as a person towards people. Yeah. Um, which I suppose, in their sense, is similar to my dad. He gets a lot of that. He gets a lot of um, people have some issues with the way he is attitude-wise. But then my dad listens to these podcasts and thinks he might be on the spectrum somewhere. Yeah. I mean, obviously, one of my half-sisters also, same. Um, I, I don't know if she's been diagnosed or she's on the verge of diagnosis, but there's a... A feeling that she might be autis- autistic, so there's definitely that yeah. feeling that my dad might be the the carrier of it, as yeah. it were. So there's obviously going to be similarities between me and my dad because he believes that he's autistic, and my dad's quite solitary. Like he likes to be on his own. He lives by himself. Uh, a lot of people don't hear from him. I don't hear from him for a while. So I've got a similar trait in the sense of I'm hard to get in touch with, yeah. um, or I'm very okay with not talking to anybody for very long periods of time um i'm not one to i'm not one to initiate you know yeah talking to people and doing stuff i like to stay on my own but i think that's because being in groups and being with people family whoever i have to like almost put on a performance so it's it's harder for me to do that kind of stuff so i guess in that sense i've got traits of my dad whereas my dad he's quite solitary and a lot of people that have known him uh like people i used to work with knew him they used to say that he's quite closed off that they don't really know him yeah like there's the person he is when he's in public but then like no one really knows him what about um from that um when you were growing up with your dad yeah did you feel like that? Did you feel like he was closed off? Because you were in, like, the immediate family. So did you have the same, or do you I think d- it was different with, with the immediate family? The thing is with me is I don't really... I do get to know people to some extent. Yeah. But I don't really get to know people. I yeah. make my own... Not judgments, but I make my own decisions on who they are as a person... And then kind of ignore everything they're showing me. That is true, yeah. Like, I've always done that. I yeah. kind of make an assessment on someone, realise that's the kind of person they are. And then after that, I just start noticing body language and the way they talk and the way they behave so I can judge how they're feeling at the time. But I don't really get to know people in depth. I've never done it. Yeah. Uh, and that goes for, like, people I'm related to. Like, I don't get to know really know someone. Yeah. Um, it's just something I've never done. I don't know why. Um... I don't know if it's because logically it makes sense that I try and hide who I am. And therefore I figure as I don't go into depth of who they are, they won't try and do the same thing to me and work out that, you know, I'm a weirdo. So I, uh, it might be that reason. So I I don't know with my dad. I wouldn't say that I don't know him. It's just, I don't really, like, I've never asked like my parents, 
basic stuff. Like I know not this. This is a really bad example. No, yeah. But for example, I couldn't tell you what either one of their ones' favorite color is or anything like that. Okay, yeah. I don't know stuff like that because it's something I don't know about anyone. Um, I don't go into the in depth stuff of who they are as a person. I make my decision of who they are as a person based on my interactions with them, but I don't go on like fact finding like missions to find out more about them as people. Right. So. It's hard to tell with my dad because I don't know. And same for my mom. Like, I know my mom, but there's things about my mom that I have never known. And sometimes my brother says stuff about my parents sometimes where I'll be talking to him and he'll be like, oh, yeah, because they like this. And I'll be like, do they? <laughs> and my mom, brother will be like, yes, yes, they do. Yeah. Um, but that's just how I am with everyone. Um, I never go in depth with people. I kind of figure like everybody has a, a person that they are in public. Uh, and therefore, if they've not told me something, it's because they don't want me to know that something. Yeah. Because that's how I am. So I've made that assumption. And, you know, I'm back to like, uh, uh, like I said, uh, I've told you before when I did script writing at uni, my lecturer always said that my characters didn't have the same emotions. Yeah. Uh, they didn't have the right working emotions. They were all the same person over and over again. That's how I am. I kind of project me into every interaction that I'm doing. So. I don't ask people detailed stuff about themselves because I don't want them to ask detailed stuff about me because then I have to either let on how much of a burger I actually am <laughs> or I've got to make up something to try and pretend I'm neurotypical. So I don't delve with anyone. That's quite interesting because with me and my family, I spent quite a lot of time with each of them as kind of individuals as well, where yeah. I feel like I really... Like I, 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 me and my dad had certain activities that we would do just the two of us. Same with me and my mum and me with each of my sisters as well. We all had things that we would do that would just be very one on one. Like I used to go to the pub with my dad and just my dad and play cards Um, with my mum. We used to go running or we do running events. We also did quite a lot of like shopping events together. And then with my sisters, I had certain things that I did with them as well, just the two of us. So I really feel like that's when, for me, that's when I connected the most with my family instead of, because it was almost like they're a unit and I'm, like I said, the pet, but, but very much a part of it. I never felt like I wasn't a part of my family, just almost like a slight difference. But I didn't feel like that when it was the one-on-one -on -one time with them. But did you do a lot of like one-on-one? -on -one? Um... With my brother, yeah. With your brother, okay. Because obviously we're not that much... There's not that much of an age gap between two of both of us. Yeah. Obviously, like, I can't remember a time when he wasn't there because he was born when I was two. Yeah. So I'll have no recollection of a time when it was just me anyway. Yeah. So he's always kind of been there. And obviously, okay. like, he's everywhere, everywhere I was. So me and my brother, we had a lot of time, just the two of us. But as far as parents are concerned, yeah. But it kind of changes as you get older doesn't it so like when you're younger younger your interactions between you and just your mom when you're like five six years old aren't going to be the same as like when you start becoming an adult because when you're an adult what you talk about what you do is different like obviously when i was younger you know my mom would take me shopping but then yeah. it's like a eh, shopping i don't want to do this I don't want to be out. I don't want to do stuff. Let's just go play this. Can I get a toy? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. But then as I got older, I actually like shopping to some extent. So then obviously when I'm going shopping with my mom, it's different now because like I want to be out anyway. Yeah. So it, it's, I don't know, but I, we did do one-on-one -on -one stuff. Uh, I did a lot of martial arts when I was younger with my dad. Oh yeah, of course. So like I did um, ninjutsu 
from the age of nine until I was, I think till I was about 21, I did okay, Ninjutsu yeah. 4. Uh, and my dad did that first and I got into that because of my dad. So sometimes my brother wouldn't come. My brother did it too. So sometimes the three of us would go. But sometimes it was just me and my dad. My brother would stay at home because he, you know, didn't fancy it or whatever. Uh, so sometimes just me and my dad would go. Yeah. Um, but then it was different because when I used to train, I used to train with my brother. Um, but then when my brother wasn't there, I was always trying to train with my dad. Okay. Because I was, the martial art I did was a full contact martial art. So yeah. there was a lot of like... Touching. Touching. Yeah. Uh, that kind of thing. So I was always trying to pair up with my dad, but my dad was like an instructor. And so he couldn't. But I was yeah. always trying to like, dad, me and you, me and you, dad. Yeah. And then eventually I became an assistant instructor. So that was easier because then I could be like, dad, me and you, because I'm like second now. So you've got to do it with me because these guys are new to show yeah. how it's done. So I don't know if I ever like got really good at it really quickly just so he could he'd have to train with me yeah because obviously he couldn't train with his son constantly when I was like younger so I used to have to train with the other guys and I was always uncomfortable with it uh so there was that element with my dad and like I say with my mom um I would say when we used to go to the shops um with my mom like we used to tidy the house every Sunday morning okay yeah. my dad would go and do he'd always do like outside stuff wash the cars or He'd have to go sort the garage out. My mum would do inside stuff. Uh, so sometimes I'd just do inside cleaning with my mum. Yeah. But like once again, I, I didn't delve too deep with my mum. Like I didn't yeah. ask too many like what I would consider intrusive questions or stuff like that. We yeah. just chat, you know? I Yeah, I think that might be the difference with us. Like I think I just naturally, I don't really know how to do small talk. So instead of doing small talk, like someone will chat to me and I will just go in with the like... <laughs> with the deepest questions of like, their lives. Yeah. Like, I notice it sometimes now. I'll meet someone new and we'll start off with that very basic chat and then I'll say something and they just look at me like, we have known each other for two seconds. Why on earth are you asking me about that? But I think that's just maybe the way I am. So I used to do that probably with my parents a lot um, of just diving deep and like I say my parents were kind of like I didn't really do friends there was a lot of time where I was younger where my parents would be as you say would be very much like oh you should go and hang out with your friends or it would come to like another weekend and they'd go what are you what are you doing this weekend are you hanging out with your friends and I'd be like no <laughs> no <laughs> I'm just gonna be here so I ended up I suppose where you hung out with your friends a lot I think I probably hung out either on my own or I guess with my parents like my dad was my gym buddy yeah um so yeah I think that's probably I didn't really do the the friendship thing as much I did hang out with friends on occasion but it was more of a rarity I'd yeah I mean I I genuinely had friends because uh one it got a lot of like heat off me yeah from various people saying I should have friends and also, it's normal to have friends, so I had them as a way to be like, hey, look how normal I am. Yeah. Uh, so I did hang out with my friends a lot. Uh, my brother more so, though. I did notice that. My brother had genuine, like, best friends. So growing up, he had two best friends that he hung out with every day. Yeah. Always saw them. They were always round ours, or they were always round his. Um, no, sorry, he was always round theirs. And he had, like, genuine best friends, and he's still, like, friends with them now. Uh, I think you met one of them at my brother's wedding. Yeah. Uh, so he does that, uh, and he's always done that, and he's always got best friends. He's still like that now. Like, loads of people turn up to his wedding that were like, yeah, I knew him years ago, and like this, and like that. Yeah. Uh, and it did make me think, if I had a wedding, 
who would actually come to it? Yeah, I, I actually I, thought that the other day. I thought, I have, like, no friends. <laughs> I chop and change change uh, friend groups all the time. I have them when I need them, and then when I don't need them, I don't have them. Yeah. Uh, so I had, like, the same ones in school because you're supposed to, but then when I went to college, I got rid of the school ones and replaced them with college versions, and then when I left college, I got rid of them and then moved on to university ones, work ones, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, but I had friends because I always thought, like, well, it's normal. And if I've got friends, then I'm normal. Like, uh, people won't be hassling me about hanging out with friends because they know I've got them. You have less attention. I used to see, you know, kids in school that didn't have friends and they were always, like, targeted for not having friends. So I just thought, I don't want that. Yeah. So I better have them. Uh, And then you have to work out what makes you a good friend and how to be people's friends. And, you know, I basically taught myself how to be a friend. Yeah. Um, but equally not going into too much detail about their lives or that kind of thing. I don't know a lot about my actual friends that I've got. There's friends I had that I still couldn't tell you much about them. Yeah. Uh, as people. I could tell you like basic stuff that suggests I have met them before, but <laughs> generally I couldn't go into too much detail. But yeah, you weren't you didn't seem to you weren't too fussed, whereas I kind of realised I had to, so I did. Uh, but not out of like choice but necessity with me and friends. Yeah, I uh, I didn't I didn't do that, and I didn't really care as well. You know, like sometimes people would get embarrassed about. Oh, when they out. say I've got yeah, yeah go, 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 go. What, when they say what? No, go on, go. On. Oh, yeah, like sometimes people would get embarrassed about that, or like would want to pretend they had more friends. I didn't really do that. Or equally, when people would be embarrassed about hanging out with, you know, their parents, when. You know when you're a teenager and there comes a time where hanging out with your parents is suddenly like the least cool thing to do in the world and it's almost like you should pretend that you don't even have parents. Yeah, it's I, fine when you're a child and yeah. it's fine when you're an adult to be like, oh, I'm going to give my mum a call or yeah. I'm going to go see my mum. It's fine. But yeah, there is that brief period where you're just like, oh, nothing, I'm just going to stay at home with my, watch a film with my parents and everyone's like, ah, loser. Yeah, it's like between the ages of like 13 <laughs> and 17, I would say you're just basically not allowed to acknowledge <laughs> that your parents exist. I didn't do that. I used to uh, genuinely sometimes me and my dad would be going out and I'd be like, can we match our outfits? <laughs> Oh yeah, no, yeah. I definitely would have given you some uh, grief for that. If we knew each other and you and your dad, you and your dad walked out and you were matching outfits, I'd be like, "You dork." I only did it a couple of times, but like, I like doing it with you as well, don't I? I love it when our yeah, outfits match. You do it with me against my will. I know. So, yeah, like, it was against my dad's will as well. So sometimes you'd be like, um, "I'd just show up to something," and you'd be like, "Ah," and I'd be like, "Wait, how, how has this happened?" <laughs> Uh, like when we used to cycle to work together, I bought a coat. So you went and bought the exact same coat. I did. Um, and yeah, you do it all the time with me. Like, and yeah, sometimes I just think, no, like um, I've put like really bright yellow laces in my Doc Martin boots. And then you were like, I'm going to get some yellow laces. So you got some yellow laces and they're in there now. But so far I've managed to avoid us both wearing them at the same time. It hasn't happened yet. The other day... We were going out and I wanted to put mine on so I convinced you to wear your silver ones. Is that why you did it? The silver ones look good with what you were wearing. I wasn't saying they weren't. It's just I just thought you were like, oh, I'm going to wear my Doc Martens. And I was just like, yeah, your silver ones. Because <laughs> I just thought I'm going out in the yellow lace ones. There's no way we're wearing matching shoes. It's not happening. See, I love that. <laughs> like that's the, I don't know why. I just There's something about it that gives me true burger pleasure to see two people in matching outfits i love it when we match i used to yeah my dad used to like get dressed and i'd be going out somewhere with him for the day and i'd be like oh you're wearing your checkered shirt are you well where's my checkered shirt i'll put that on (laughs) 
The only time people can wear matching outfits for me is if they work together and as a uniform <laughs> or when you go to school. But even then, when I went to school, I would slightly change my uniform so it was unique to what everybody else was wearing. I used to get like detention or lines or that kind of thing for it, but it was worth it just so people would notice that I was... T- so like in my school, one of the examples were people all used to wear blazers. Um, so I swapped my blazer out for a denim jacket just so people would realise that like I wasn't the same as everyone else. We've talked about this before. That like yeah. I was always trying to get people's attention to be like, look, I am actually different. But yeah. it was like a, obviously almost like a notice my autism thing. But even when I work anywhere, anywhere where I've worked, I mean, where I work now, there's no uniform. But yeah. when I've worked where there were uniforms, I'd always slightly change the uniform as much as I could get away with inside the rules. Just so people would notice that mine was slightly different to them. Um Whereas you, full on, like, if it's absolutely identical, like, yeah. You're I all, love it. You're all about it. I it's so it. weird. It's, it's really weird. <laughs> and just as a, a final note, you said that the way I am with how I talk to people um, and the jokes I, I kind of make with people is probably because of the way that I was was with my family potentially do you think there's anything with your personality now that you can almost directly link to your family uh i don't know um i would say that with my family i would say my ability to just do stuff i would put massively attribute to it there's things that i can do that as someone on the spectrum stereotypically I shouldn't be able to do, I suppose. And if it wasn't for the, do you know what I mean? Like being put in situations and and having to do things, um, like you know, in a bad way. Obviously, initially some of them were bad, but I do feel like there's things I can do now that when I do them, like even with you, um, yeah, I do stuff, and you're just like, I can't believe like you've been able to just do that, yeah. And I do think that's because, um. I just had to do stuff in the sense of uh, even if I really didn't want to, I was, you know, I was just, it was just like, well, you've got to, this is what people do. This is how life works, you know? And I do think there's that thing to me where I can do stuff. Yeah, I guess. I mean, I don't know about personality traits because I actually don't know a lot of my own personality traits, if I'm honest. Like, I know we talk about it a lot on here, but off the top of my head now I can't think of any like personality traits that I have that okay, are directly to relate to it because I think my personality traits change a lot um there's things I used to always do when I was a teenager to early teens and I think it depends on where I am and what I'm doing to my own personality traits so I don't know if I've got any that you know what? I would love to do an episode on personality traits yeah. for each of us maybe if we each wrote down like five traits of each other's personality because I can think of some for you. I just don't know if they're, yeah, what they are. Um, and obviously I don't count the fake ones that I do. So the things I do that aren't really oh, me. Oh, yeah. I don't count them. So then, and I, I would say that I don't really know me as a person. Like, I, I don't really know what I'm really like um, at all. I understand my perceived personality traits that I put out there. Yeah. Um, but I don't really get my real ones you know there was a long time ages ago uh that i thought that when i first got diagnosed and i started realizing that i was masking i kind of almost went too far with it in my head 
And I thought that, like, the way I looked, like, my haircut, the way I dress, the music I like, the films I watch, the things I do. Yeah. I thought they were all for the benefit of everyone else. All of it. Okay, yeah. I didn't think that I actually had any actual things that I knew of myself at all. I thought that everything I did was just my neurotypical, like, self trying to be then. After I got diagnosed, I went through, like, a really, like, weird thought process. It went on for, like, a year where I actually believed that there wasn't a real me and I didn't have a real personality and I didn't have, I could have possibly have known what my real interests were and what my real likes were and who I really am and what I would really look like if I actually was in touch with who I really was. Yeah. And I believe that everything I said did, uh, like I've got tattoos, I got, I always felt like I got them for other people, for a certain appearance, for a certain persona, that it was all part of my mask, that I did all these things just because of what other people were expecting of me. Yeah. Uh, And I was convinced that I didn't know myself at all and everything I did and said was not me. Uh, And I always felt like, uh, this was like when I first got diagnosed, it was hard because I mean, anyone that's been, if you've been autistic forever, I mean, but you've never known. And then when you find out, I don't know if it happens to everyone, but I went through a really like weird stage of not understanding what was real about me anymore. You know what? Sometimes I feel like you still... Uh, go back into it not completely not to the level that you've described it was but sometimes I do feel like you get almost like glimpses of it yeah and I start thinking so yeah I I for a long time believed I wasn't really me at all and there wasn't a real me and Mm. there was a real me years and years ago when I was really young but then through like interacting with other people and being in trouble with like school work family that kind of thing I just started creating this fake person yeah to like I guess make life easier and then that fake person just took over yeah and then the real me just like disappeared and I thought that solidly for like a year or so Mm. um so I would say that I I still don't really know personality traits that are mine and that are ones that I've invented I mean, you probably do because you're with me all the time, but off the top of my head, I couldn't tell you ones. I'm sure there's ones that I've got that are good ones that are genuinely me that came from, like, my family and the way I was raised. Yeah. But right now, I I couldn't tell you any. I can tell you loads of ones I do that aren't really me, but I know why I do them, but, I mean, there'd be no point in that. Mm, Yeah, maybe we could do an episode on uh, the personality traits that I see in you and then what you think about them, whether you think they're real not and uh where you think they came from potentially and things like that that's definitely something i think that could be quite interesting i like the idea of that you must do you've just turned to face me i know to tell me that you really like it so when we record like true burgers we do not look at each other at all we both look around the room but we sit like side by side and we never look at each other no Uh, but you just turned to face me to say you really like that idea so it must be serious i really like that idea well that's it for this week um just a couple of bits on last episode that we did if anybody heard any weird shuffling sounds or scratching sounds um i apologize for that it was because of how i had the phone when i was recording normally i hold the phone so i have done for this episode but last week i was a bit lazy and i left it laid down in between us and then that means that every time we move you can hear it oh yeah and we we're quite fidgety yeah so i've I've started holding the phone again because if i hold the phone i'm aware that we're recording and i move less because i'm trying to stay perfectly still with the phone so i'm just going to do that so if anybody heard that i know for some people if you've got like auditory like stuff or if you're listening to us on like headphones i've listened to our podcast on headphones there's things that you think you can't hear 
when you listen to it out loud off the phone itself that when you've got headphones on, there's sounds that you're picking up that you just think, what is that noise in the background that yeah. I can't really hear? Um, so yeah, I apologise for that. This one should be a lot better of a recording. But then also with this episode, sorry if it's a bit choppy. It might sound a bit <laughs> choppy, but we've had to stop and start this episode a couple of times. So there might be some weird dips in the sound. Not where it disappears, just where it feels like we didn't finish the word properly and then one of us start talking. It's because this one's been cut a little bit, but that's not because we've had to edit bits. It's because we had to keep pausing it. Uh, <laughs> At one point, the rumba went off. The rumba just started yeah. really noisily. Yeah, so we had to like jump up and turn that off. So yeah, sorry if you, that... It happens sometimes, but it shouldn't be that bad. Uh, just thought I'd say, just yeah. in case. Just in case we were just like, why does it keep doing that? It's not that like we've been cut off or something. It's just this has been like edited a couple of times. Yeah, also in true burger fashion, like sometimes in the middle of recording, we'll just pause to be like, we haven't done this. Yeah. <laughs> Mainly you. You'll go, this hasn't been done. Yeah. This needs doing. I'll pause it and you'll be like mid-word or yeah. I- I'll have been mid-word and then like you'll hear the podcast back and I'll go, so ah, and then go, and anyway, I was thinking about <laughs> it. It's because I've, I've stopped it. Uh during like being the uh, seasoned pros that we are with this now, I still do stuff like that. <laughs> but I, yeah, thank you so much for listening, everybody. Yep, thanks everybody. Uh, usual places. I will do my usual thing. Themaspreads at gmail.com if you want to talk to us and you don't want to use social media. Otherwise, if you do use social media, we're on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Just look for themaspergers. You will see a picture of the pair of us, no matter which one you go on. There's also a private group on Facebook. The private group on Facebook has become more of a Say you want to talk about autism or you want to talk about the episodes, you just want to talk to somebody about Asperger's. You don't need to be autistic to be in the group. You just want to have a chat or you want something you want to share or post. Just go on there and share it with people that, uh, you know, obviously share a similar interest and you just know each other through us doing this podcast. It was originally like a group, I think, solely for the podcast, but it's kind of evolved into this whole bigger thing now which i actually like yeah like any topics are really interesting someone just recently put one in about tactical voting um big thing in the uk at the moment with um the general election coming up and i really enjoyed that because it's actually something that we've discussed a lot like it's something that i find really difficult to get my head around Mm. um so i found it very interesting to read because obviously people were then commenting in it um sort of explaining it in more detail. I know we've had the same discussion where you've explained to me the... I mean, I understand the premise of it, but yeah, I just... It, what a good topic to bring up because I think it's my burgers that messes with me in how I understand tactical voting. So I liked the fact it got brought up by someone else who seems to think the same way that I do really made me feel like, ah, it's not just me then. Maybe it's a maybe it's an Asperger's thing. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that, was, uh, that was interesting. Um, obviously, like, it doesn't mean that, like, everyone can uh, just post loads of different articles on various autistic stuff. But some stuff oh, yeah, I yeah. find, like, interesting. Yeah, it is interesting. Also, like, with the politics. Maybe don't go, like, too, like, sidey. <laughs> but I, I just... Too sidey? Have you not been paying attention to politics in the UK now? It's polarised polarized to the max here. It is. You've got to pick a team. That's how it works now. It, yeah. It's not about policies. You pick your side <laughs> and then you fight to the death for that side. That's how everybody's working these days. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like... I'm kind of joking with that, but it is a little bit that way. But yeah, thanks for that. It was uh, it was interesting. Uh, yeah, it's just interesting to hear people's opinion, like things that are bothering or or not even bothering, things that are on people's minds. And then it's interesting because from that, 
the perspective of someone on the spectrum, it actually, for, like for me, it linked to my perspective as someone on the spectrum. So I thought that was a very interesting point of view. Obviously, you as someone on the spectrum has a different perspective, which is what a lot of the comments were as well. So I liked it. I thought it's, I just thought it was interesting. It was a topic that we had had almost the exact same conversation about. So I liked it. Interesting. Very interesting. All right, let's wrap it up. This episode has, look how long this episode has been going on Oh my for. gosh, yes. Well, thank you everybody so much for listening. Bye.